Welcome to another episode of Film Festival Reviews. This is Christina Kotlar. And I'm Yuri Turchin. And we're still talking about Sundance, especially Slam Dance, which I think had a bigger impact on us this year because it was easier to get to see a lot of the programming that they had to offer. And one of the things that we still can't stop talking about is this movie called Strad Style. Now the tagline reads, a documentary about the making of a great violin. Maybe. <laughs> is it a maybe then? Yeah, right here. That's oh. what it reads. It's on the postcard. <laughs> the main character is Danny, who has many pseudonyms now. He was called Strad on Facebook because he makes violins. He couldn't afford to buy a good violin when he was taking violin lessons, so he decided to learn how to make one. And he made several. Yes. So that's kind of the prologue, who this character is. Middle of America, the heartland, Ohio. There is a lot of wide open spaces when we started, but the film is made by... Stefan Avalos who is also trained as a violinist and then became a, a good filmmaker. He made some uh, narrative films, mm -hmm. and this is his first documentary film. And that's important because that's what Slam Dance is about, an opportunity for a first-time filmmaker in whatever genre that they're working in and also that the budget has to be under a million dollars. So that's the start of this film. You well, know, how did he project. find this man? He was interviewed about it, saying that he was working on a different idea for the documentary, on making violins. Right. And he went to Paris, he shot in New York, he shot all over the place, had this great footage, and then heard about Danny through someone saying, this guy is in the middle of Ohio making these great violins. So he said, well, maybe it'll be a five-minute segment in the movie. And it turns out that he was the story. And, and everything else so. and everything else was put aside. And a wonderful thing it was. Here's a gentleman in Ohio who's in his early 30s, living on a farmhouse his uh, grandparents had since before the Civil War, and here he is doing an artistic rendition of a Guarneri del Gesù il Canone. And why? Well, explain what that is. I know. Okay, because I couldn't even say the word yet. Okay, back in 1743, Carlo Paganini, who was a virtuosic, uh, who was a virtuoso violinist, was playing the Guarneri del Gesù il Canone, which translates into the canon. Now, Guarneri was in the Cremona school during the time that Stradivarius, Amati, and he were instrumental in building the finest violins to this day. There are copies made, etc., but these are the real deals. Strad sell for over millions of dollars. Guarneri's do too, Amati's. But the Guarneri was built specifically for Paganini for its booming sound, for its concert-filling sound. Danny Houck, who is the violin maker in, in Ohio, decided he would like to make a copy of it and he saw it in the Strad magazine as a fold-out in a one-to-one -one ratio. So he used that cutout to start his own template of the violin. 
And then what happened? He got in touch with someone who recommended Oraz von Stoika. He's a virtuoso violinist, Romanian violinist. He was following him on YouTube. He followed him on Facebook and then friended him on Facebook. Correct. But it was a great thing. <laughs> I heard you're looking for a Il Canone copy. And Razvan said... Um, I don't know if that's exactly how well, it went. We but can, it, we can imagine what it was like, like, okay? But there was a segment there that was very well done. Can you build me one? Yes. Oh, I'm I'm almost done. Uh, I can have it for you, etc., etc. Really, Razvan says, and Danny says, really. And it was kind of a comical levity point at that moment. Will he be building this violin for this virtuoso violin in time? In time. The concert was scheduled in June, mid-June, in Europe, in Amsterdam. I think that Danny got in touch with Razvan in reference to this. It was maybe late December, October. early January. I thought it was, it was more s- like October. He was still outdoors. Oh, true, true, true. But these are all aspects that Stefan was able to take parts of it and create this ride mm-hmm. that we went along Absolutely. with Danny. And we wanted him to win, you know, right. and there was all these odds against him. So we're not going to tell you the ending of it. But the ending for us mm-hmm. was just phenomenal, yes. watching it. It did get a standing ovation. I did want to ask you about that sound stick. What was that? Oh, it's the sound post. The sound post. Because Very it, crucial to the violin's sound, believe it or not. It's just a little peg that goes inside the violin sound box in between the top and the bottom, if positioned correctly, and it should be, it will enhance or give the sound that you're actually looking for when you play the violin. So what happens? A little critter decides to... A mouse. A mouse (laughs) decides to sneak into his drawer while Danny's asleep one night and finds a little nook to get to where these this piece of... It was a crack between the bottom of the drawer and the opening of the drawer. Right. So it's like this little sliver of a crack. And Only it's a, a mouse could get through. So the sound post was stolen by this mouse. It's running across the floor right by his bed. Dan happens to wake up and sees this... Mouse uh, carrying the sound post this, in and his mouth. And it's actually... A long piece because you cut it accordingly to what size you need, but it's actually a beautiful piece of wood. I don't know what it's made out of. He stole it. This mouse stole it. And the funny part was that Stephen Navalis, the director, was able to animate that scene. And recreate the possibility of what it was like with the music. Now, all that music that we were hearing throughout was created by Razvan Stoika. And I think it was so appropriate for the way the film was moving I was amazed on his ingenuity. He was self-taught, and he was thinking about how to do the things that needed to be done in a very creative way, in a cost-effective way. He had no money. Mm -hmm. And going to the auctions, and we were seeing what the neighborhood was like, what the people were like, and all the equipment that was being sold off. You get the feel of how difficult it is to make a living in the area, things have changed. So I I thought that was very well conveyed through him. And then what we were talking about, which was central point to the entire movie, is that he wanted to do something with his life. 
he was 33. He wanted to do something. He wanted to make a make a mark. He wanted to somehow be able to say, okay, this is worth it. This is worth doing. And he found the project. To encapsulate, Razvan agreed, and his manager actually said, do it. Have him do it. It'll be a great promotion to have this violin debuting at the concert in June. In the Netherlands? In the Netherlands. Besides the point that Danny's sort of insular to begin with. He's kind of bipolar. He does take medication. So he's an even-keeled dude, but the humor that he comes off, the philosophy that he has, the sort of religiosity, religious approach to it, it's almost like a, a mix of paganism. Very and spiritual. Spiritual, religious kind of attitude towards building this. He, he was had, into candles and the candle magic, and he was into throwing things out into the universe. True, and the, and the incense that he was able to waft over the parts of the violin so it would be created by magic, you know, or infuse the magic from his hands to the sound of the violin. That's the symbolism I see in it, you know, the smoke being the spirit and infused into the violin. So he builds uh, incrementally. He becomes frustrated. There are obstacles that he encounters. Specifically, the back side of the violin is in two parts. So he had to match the pieces of the wood. They have to be perfect. And if they're not perfect, the glue won't set and the thing will fall apart. So there are all these obstacles that... And along the way, we met all these characters that he was working with, dealing with his family, coming together, right. the pressure for him to do this, the things, the setbacks. The... We were rooting for him, right? Oh, the whole audience was rooting for right? him. And like anything else, as a filmmaker, you're wondering how the audience will react to it. And I think Stefan was able to hold us in this suspense by keeping us in suspense i know that the filmmaker was also in suspense as to how the audience will react to the film we were laughing at the right moments there is a little comedy there is tension there was there was so much information about this instrument that i know what it does to me when you play the violin so listening to this canon this canone, I was very excited to hear what it was all about at the end. You know, I, right. I was really rooting for it. The end of the film, it got a standing ovation. True. So they breathed a sigh of relief, saying the audience loved it. Mm -hmm. We all loved it. We saw this film twice. Right. There were two crucial elements for this, for me. Number one, making the violin, making it so that it actually does sound like Del Jesu il canone. From your perspective, I know you watched every minute of the, the making of the violin. From your point of view on how it's going to sound, all the wood that goes into it, all the, the pieces, talking to the, the other violin maker. Roger who, Stearns, who shaped the bridge for him. Once the violin was done, which was an incredible feat in itself, because you have not only the shape of it, you're using a template that's just a piece of paper. You don't know what it really looks like or sounds like. So you're really by the seat of your pants. And the imagination that you have, how it should look at the end. Oh, absolutely. He used every nuance of that photograph 
to put in the scratches, the dents, the dings, the little marks that authenticate the real, real deal. And that was just perfectionism that went into it. Does it affect the sound? I don't know. Because those little dings and that, that's just on the surface. It doesn't really affect the sound, perhaps. But just from the reproduction of it, it looks like... The, it could fake any any person who doesn't know that it's a fake. It could, he could probably say it's a real deal. However, inside, Danny stuck his own moniker in it. Copy of a, a Canone del, del Jesu made by Daniel Hauk. It was wonderful. I enjoy. I would watch that movie in segments or whatever every day to inspire myself. You were inspired. I was. After we saw the film, we talked to him quite extensively that first day. You were talking to him on that level of how did you do this or what are you thinking or where did you come up with this kind of aspect? Because I know you're always looking at how people are playing and what the instrument is and and well it's my passion number one and the one of the person that's playing their instrument you are part of that instrument and it's part of you and it should have this symbiotic relationship in this case this was perfectionism to the highest level so now we were able to get another chance to see it the first time we saw this film was on Saturday, and that was the, the first weekend of Sundance, Slam Dance. It coincides with Sundance, time-wise. And then we had an opportunity to see it again on Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon. For whatever reason, there was a gap of programming for us. that We didn't have anywhere to go. We didn't have a panel. We didn't have a... A film commission reception. We didn't have a movie to go see. We don't have a meeting to go to. I said, let's go see it again. For me, to see something again, I always look for the little details that I was able to catch the second time around because there was so much richness in this making of this documentary. So this time, we sat up front because either you sit up front or you sit way in the back. It's a small theater at Treasure Mountain Inn, where Slam Dance shows the films. So we sat in the front row. We saw, watched everything again. Applause, applause, applause. And then we're seeing on the side door, because we're right there, they're bringing in a little piano. They're setting things up. And before we knew it, we see Razvan Stoika there with the violin. And you're in shock. We're going, oh, my God, this what, is incredible. The, crowd, the small, the venue is only 60 people, probably. And this is. They a, kept it a secret. It's an event that you can only live once in your lifetime. It's that fleeting moment that you hang on to. You see it coming by and you just grab a hold and say, I'm going along for the ride. Right. And it's beautiful. When he started playing that. So his sister was playing the keyboard. Because they couldn't use a real piano. It would have been impossible. But the synthesized piano was good enough. It was just wonderful. Brother and sister. Sister at the piano. Brother playing this violin that just... It was a canone. It was the canon. We were crying. And I couldn't help I, it. I, I broke out in tears. I couldn't he help it. He played with such passion. It was so beautiful. Because he didn't have to. He could have just 
walked down and said, here's the violin, I'll play a couple of notes, and, you know, here we go. But they actually went into these virtuosic pieces themselves. They played three pieces, and that was incredible. One of the things that I love about being at Sundance, and especially being at Slamdance, it comes with a surprise many ways. It comes with this opportunity to talk to the filmmakers one-on-one -on -one and for them to fly Razvan and his sister, Andrea. He just finished a concert in Spain and got them out there on Tuesday to perform after the screening. You know, that's something that you don't get every day. You don't get it at the multiplexes, at the tentpole movies. Yeah, well, there's there's so many wonderful results from this. The movie's made. Danny's going to be famous. Razvan's going to get more concerts out of it. He's got this beautiful violin, and I'm sure he purchased it from Dan. And I'm going to take advantage of Dan and have him build me a violin. <laughs> I know you're dreaming of a five-string. Yes, I am, an acoustic five-string. I could say Danny Hauck made my violin. And people will know who it is after this. You also had a lot, an extensive conversation with him about the sound of the different violins or the making of violins and how it's prevalent all over the place. I know we spoke extensively with Danny, or you spoke with him, about how violins are made and where they are coming from, and they're mass-produced from everywhere, and it has the label on it, but mostly from China, and to have something American-made specifically to these to these specifications that make a great violin, it is a product. It's a product of the USA, <laughs> and not many people know how to do it. So he wants to go to Italy and learn from the masters as well. This is truly an art form. This is truly a way to keep this music going to the forefront and making people happy listening to it and spreading it out. It's its a great connector. We already were home by the time that the award ceremony was going on. Strad Style won the Documentary Feature Award and the Audience Award, and rightly so. We're looking forward to seeing it here on the East Coast. I know it's playing out in L.A. and is coming out in several film festivals in the U.S. I'm sure it will be shown in um, internationally and i look forward to seeing it uh, again so do i and on that note christina kotlar signing off we'll see you soon Arrivederci. until ciao. next time ciao Film Festival Reviews was recorded at Wheat Chief Productions and produced by March Hare Media. For more information, go to marchharemedia.com.